I mean, that's the thing about going to gourmet restaurants is that they make things that you would not normally eat at home. I mean, at least we don't eat duck liver pate mousse at home. If you eat duck <laughs> liver pate so mousse at home, tweet us or send us some because that stuff was great. I'm not going through the effort to make it though. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 348. There are 350 slices of pizza eaten every single second in the United States, which is shocking, but not as shocking when you realize how many pizzerias there are in the U.S. So take a guess. How many pizzerias do you think there are nationwide? And I'll give you the answer. If you stick around to the end of the show, we have had amazing meals all around the world. And one of the best reasons to travel, in my mind, is to actually get out there and eat. So thankfully, one of the ways that we're able to travel and save money is by always making sure we have the cheapest flights. If you want to do the same thing, if you want to make sure that you have extra money in your pocket for that pizza in Italy or that extra scoop of gelato or that incredible meal that you want to take out in Paris or any other eating adventure... There's two things that you should be doing. The first is you should be using your frequent flyer miles or figuring out how to get frequent flyer miles and figuring out how to use them so that you can always get super cheap flights using those miles. If you're interested in learning how to do that, you can always check out extrapackofpeanuts.com slash bootcamp. We only open up our frequent flyer bootcamp course a few times a year. But if you're interested in joining, you can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash bootcamp and you can get on the waiting list there. Also, we've got a brand new app that you've probably heard of. It's called Jetto, J-E-T-T-O, totally free to download. That will send you a notification to your phone whenever there are amazing flight deals out of the airports that you pick. When you download the app, make sure that you use the referral code EPOP because that will get you a free 14-day trial of our platinum version. It'll also get you a coupon and a discount if you do decide that you want to continue to be at the platinum level after your trial is over. If you don't, that's totally cool. You can keep the app. You can stay on the free version, whatever works best for you. But what you do, should do now is go download that app, J-E-T-T-O. You can find it in any of the app stores and get started. Travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and just like Michael Jordan in Game 5 of the 1997 NBA Finals, the flu game, or Willis Reed in Game 7 of the 1970 NBA Finals, or like Nick Foles coming back from bruised ribs to lead our Philadelphia Eagles over the Chicago Bears two weeks ago, we have got a wounded warrior here who is ready oh my gosh. to put her injury behind her and do what needs to be done for the good of the EPOP podcast world. My wife, my constant travel companion, and someone who has been laid up in bed for five straight days with a pinched nerve in her neck and arm. 
but it was rallying to podcast today. That's how much I love podcasting. And I was wondering where you were going with all of those sports references. I was kind of zoning out. And then I was like, wait, he's talking about a lot of sports. Where is he bringing this around to? Yes, I have injured my neck somehow. I have no idea how I woke up like this. It's not very much fun, but definitely recording the podcast is more fun than laying around. So, you know. Well, and especially because we're doing our Best Meals podcast, one of our, if not our favorite podcast of the entire year, because we're talking food, we get to reminisce about some amazing experiences that we've had. So if you guys are just tuning in, this is part three of our seven-part year in review series for 2018. We've already released our travel stats. That was part one, so you can get that already. You can go to that if you haven't. We went through our travel superlatives, Heath, which is like best thing we bought, was, you know, crazy experience, all that kind of stuff. Right now, part three, best meals. And then we've got best coffee and wine coming up, best beer experiences of 2018 coming up, best desserts, another fun one, which will be coming up in just a few weeks. And then part seven, our last one, our best overall travel experiences of 2018. I think I said 2017 back there. Um, But of 2018. (laughs) 2018, it is now... 2019 and crazy it is crazy we're almost at 2020 that's that's uh, weird it is weird remember y2k (laughs) oh wow that was supposed to be a thing yourself there so we are going into our best meals and we if you followed our other year in reviews we didn't travel as much internationally this past year as we had in other times was this list Harder or easier for you to come up with in than in past years, Seth? Because for me, I think it was a bit harder. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when I was first trying to think of our favorite meals, it was a little bit harder because I was trying to think of all of our meals that we had while we traveled, and there were some good ones. But actually, Philadelphia is an amazing city, and it's rated as the number one city to visit by multiple publications. It's getting a lot of buzz. It's getting a lot of buzz. It has a lot of good restaurants. So I have quite a few Philadelphia restaurants on this, I would say. Not quite half, but at least three or four. And then the rest are from our travels. So if you're traveling to Philadelphia, and maybe after you listen to this, you'll want to to try some of these awesome restaurants because we definitely hit some of the best places in Philly this year. For sure. We made it an effort to go out and get and to go to some of these places in Philly every year more and more as we spend a little more time at home and we get, I wouldn't say more comfortable with Philly, but we just explore Philly more each year and more things, as you mentioned, are popping up. There's a bit of a buzz around the city. There are places that in the city that we just love and that we've sought out and have definitely lived up to really high expectations that we had from it. So Let's just jump right into us. This. this is this is spanning the globe um, from our travels and, like we mentioned, some some from our hometown here in Philly. Do you have any honorable mentions before we get into our I top do. ten? Each? I do. I had I had quite a few honorable mentions, but I pared it down to three. Oh, you have more than me this year. Yeah, I yeah. have two. Okay, I have three, and I'll just run through them really quickly. One of my favorite places that we ate and. It's not on my top 10 because like the food was very good, but it was more like the experience was cool. That is Seasons in the Park in Vancouver, British Columbia, because it's up in Queen Elizabeth Park. So it's above the city. You can see the whole skyline of Vancouver. It's super fun. We went there for brunch and, you know, the, the breakfast food was very good. It wasn't anything that's going to be like, oh, my word, this is the best meal I've ever had the whole year. But the experience was good and the food was good. So I put it on my honorable mentions. And then I kind of have like 
two taco ones and <laughs> the one are some tacos that we ate on a pretty obscure island off of Vancouver Island called Salt Spring Island. We went to their market and the market that they have on Salt Spring Island, I think it's every Sunday. I don't know if it's all year, but we were there in the summer and they had great food and great ice cream at that market. We went to this taco truck and were they not some of the best tacos? Yes. I. <laughs> so, okay. If you guys have not listened to these before, or even if you have any pressure, we do not talk about our list yeah. ahead of time. So my memory is way worse than Heather's. <laughs> and I struggled for hours yeah. last night trying to go through my best meals. And there were certainly times where I just wanted to ask you, hey, can you help refresh me? Because I know I'm forgetting stuff. That would be one of them, the tacos yeah, in Salt Spring Island. Yeah, they were so good. And then another taco that we've talked about before. It is my favorite place to get tacos in all the world. That is Torchy's Tacos in Austin. We went there twice in one day when we were in Austin this in 2018. It's just so good. I love their tacos so much. If I lived in Austin, I would go every week for sure. And they, they also have like 15 different types yes. of tacos. So it's nice. It's a... It, it's a nice because you could go and get three at one time and three completely different uh, ones the next. So, all right. Torchies may come up on my list later. Okay, all right. So all there's right. your honorable I, mentions. I, I, Torchies could have been on my top I, 10, honestly, but I had so many other good ones that, you know. You've talked about it before. I've talked about it before. There. I get it. I get it. It's it's one of those, hey, this is we know this is going to be good. Yeah. So it's not an unexpected gem that we're just finding out about for the first time. The, my two honorable mentions both came from Budapest and... The first is the first. The first one is called the First Craft Beer Company. Okay, um, which I hate that name because it's always weird to say. It's called the First Craft Beer Company, and they have a beer garden right there in District Nine, right on the water. We went there. We wanted a burger and fries. We got it. Well above average burger and fries, but the reason it makes the honorable mention is that it was just a really neat experience because you're sitting there looking sure. at the water. Yeah, that was We knew awesome. it was there. We stumbled upon it. The guy was really nice. They had a decent beer too. So it's just a overall a good very experience. good experience, yes. even if the burger wasn't the best one I've ever had. The second was in Budapest, and the reason this doesn't make the list is because the rest of the meal paled in comparison to this one dish. We went to a place our last day called Frixa, which is a oh, Michelin yeah. star rated restaurant which for lunch i think it's twenty dollars for three courses which is a, de a decent de a very good deal even a decent deal by budapest standards which is pretty cheap and we're like oh this is great we're gonna get this stuff and everything else was just okay but the appetizer the duck liver cream yeah. that they brought out and that you spread on bread was insanely it was so good. good and who knew that we would like duck liver i mean that's the thing about going to gourmet restaurants is that they make things that you would not normally eat at home i mean at least we don't eat duck liver pate mousse at home if you eat duck <laughs> liver pate so mousse at home tweet us or send us <laughs> some because that stuff was great i'm not going through the effort to make it though yeah it was a really fun experience the rest of the meal you know it was good but yeah it didn't blow us away so i can understand why it's an honorable mention yeah it was very i cool. mean the actual the taste of that was one of the top things that i ate the this year, but the meal, we were so excited after having that as appetizer thinking this is going to be amazing. And the rest of the food was just okay. Like it yeah. wasn't bad, but it certainly wasn't didn't anything like that. So, all right, we get into our top 10 and Heather has 10. I have 10. 
Again, we have not talked about these beforehand. I have no idea what's on her list. There will probably be stuff that I forgot about, <laughs> but that's why we do it this way. So I'm as surprised as you are, and, and likewise she is when I give mine. So have, start us off. What's your number 10? My number 10 is a hot spot in Philly. It is, I believe, the number one... Maybe it's not the number one rated restaurant in Philly, but it's it's really high up there. And it's number 10 because I went with Trav one time. Trav has been three or four times I don't now. know what you're talking about. So Hungry Pigeon. Okay, so Hungry Pigeon, I went, yes, is very good. I Philly Magazine rated the number one restaurant it, Okay, in Philly, I thought it did. Just but they this, just, just moved recently. it to number two, which whatever. I mean, yeah. this is like, <laughs> it's awesome there. I enjoyed it. More when I went another time than when I went with you. So they have a seasonal menu. It changes all the time. So Trav went once with Jason from Zero to Travel and they loved it. And so then Trav's like, I want to take you there. We went went on. Yeah, the shrimp toast. Well, we went on a date there like a few weeks later and they didn't have the shrimp toast. And I mean, what we ate was very good, but I was a little bit like, well, it wasn't as good as the last time you went. So anyway, I've only been once and it was very good. Travis has been, I think, three times. Three times. I took my mom and dad there for lunch after we closed on a Philly house when you weren't down there. And it was also very good. But the first time I went was the best. So, I mean, it is a very good restaurant and the stuff, the food there is outside of the box. It's fresh. It's seasonal you know all that hipster stuff it's a very cool location the restaurant itself is very cool and hip so it's it's a great spot and they also have which we we didn't do because we went for dinner but they have coffee and lunch as well i believe it's open breakfast lunch and dinner so that's pretty unique especially for a big time restaurant a lot of those are open only dinner yeah this is actually breakfast lunch dinner and constantly changing menu for all three yeah. meals, which so, is pretty insane. I would like to go back and try breakfast or lunch and get the coffee there because I've heard it's very good. Well, it's only three blocks from our newest Airbnb. So there you go. There you we go. go Let's do it. You want. My number 10 is, and this will pro- this might come up again on your list. I'm not sure. This is a place okay. in Budapest called Simply. Oh, yeah. It's on my list, but much higher up because I loved this place. <laughs> okay. So I'll just run. I'll just give you the bare bones. Uh, we got a cube in there and we also got a green eggs meal like breakfast meal and both were fantastic we'll talk about that when we get to it on your list Uh, my number nine is a fun spot in vancouver called yokes and it's a brunch spot they have i think two locations and we went to the location right on broadway and it's funny because i had walked by this restaurant quite a few times because i stayed at a hotel on broadway and then we ended up going when trav came a couple weeks later to Vancouver. And it was good. We got Eggs Benedict. They kind of are known for their Eggs Benedict. They have lots of different kinds. And I got the salmon one because, of course, like you're in Vancouver and they have fresh fish. It was so good. And their potatoes had like they have these special fried potatoes. That were just, it was very good. Okay. I, I thought yeah, it, was it was an excellent meal. Yeah, it, was, I, it was okay. Yeah. I mean, you had to wait for so long. I don't well, know. It's a, it's a trendy spot. It's a trendy spot. Yeah. It was good. We did have a long wait, but we walked down and got coffee at one of my favorite coffee places. So, I mean, I can see Trav doesn't really like to have to wait more than 30 minutes to get seated. You know, he's not into the whole... I just... The place's brunch (laughs) is a weird thing for me. (laughs) I am kind of against it, although I love... I'm not against the idea of brunch. I love brunch foods. You don't like how popular brunching is. I don't understand is. how brunching is so... I'm like, what do you people do? I know no. what I do. I record podcasts. I can do it whenever I want. Why are you at brunch? Come and on. And I do think it's funny because when we went to Yolks, 
I think it was a Saturday, but we didn't even realize it was a Saturday because, you know, we were kind of on vacation. <laughs> so we were like, why is it so busy? But, you know, Brunching, it's because it man. was Brunchers. I just, <laughs> I, I get it. I like brunch food too. I just wish it wasn't that popular. Sure. My number nine, we're bringing it back to the East Coast here. We are bringing it to Philly. I've got a few Philly things on my list as well. And this is a restaurant called Soraya. Okay, also on my All right, list. so we will get... All right, so mine are just... I got you. We'll get to Soraya then. I do want to point out that Soraya, in the latest Philly Magazine rankings, because they put out their best restaurants once a year, but mm-hmm. for some reason this year they did an updated list in this newest magazine. Soraya moved to number one. Mm-hmm. Hungry Pigeon, which you already mentioned, was at number two. Yes. So Soraya, brand new restaurant in Philly, and in... It's great. We'll talk about it when it gets to Heather's list. But man, that that place is is a great, it's great amazing. place. You should hit it up if you come through Philly. Definitely. So my number eight is kind of, you know. <laughs> I don't know. You have to tell us. <laughs> That's true. Because okay. no one can read your mind. It's a little obscure, I guess I will say. And when we were in Kelowna, we, you know, there's lots of restaurants in Kelowna, British Columbia. You know, it's like a little lake town. And we went to this brewery that was just opening. We went on their opening night. And the reason this is on my list is because we ate some of the best sandwiches ever. And definitely the number one sandwich I have ever eaten at a brewery ever. This brewery is called Vice and Virtue. It's very cute. It just opened. They had pretty good beer, like n- some nice sours. And we were hungry. We got popcorn first, which I think was even complimentary or maybe it was like $2. I don't know. You, everyone knows I love popcorn. I'm like such a popcorn fiend. Everyone so that, knows. That was a home Even run. the people who, had, uh, who just opened Vice and Virtue yeah, that night. It was cool because it. it was their soft opening. Yeah, it was their soft opening. And we happened upon it. So it was fun. It was fun to just experience, you know, like a launch of a new brewery. Well, what was the sandwich that you loved and so much? Well, okay, so the one sandwich was like a pork, a roasted pork sandwich with some slaw on it. It was really good. Then the other one was a grilled chicken sandwich with pickles. And I don't know what they were called. I don't remember. But their kitchen was fantastic. And for a brand new brewery to have such a home run when it comes to food. Because breweries, you know, it's really hit or miss with their food. It is. And it was just so unexpectedly delicious. And we were there with our friends. It was such a great, fun night. That experience to me was definitely awesome. It was the first night they were open. Again, we stumbled upon their soft opening by accident. I saw it on the Untapped app and I went by it and it was not open yet. And then that night, we just decided, I was like, I went by and it's not open. It says it's opening in like a week or two. But let's just drive by it again. And we did. And there were people in. And we're like, can we come in? They're like, oh, yeah, it's kind of, we're not really open. But if people find it, we're open. And all right, cool. So I agree. I actually had that as a thought to put on my list yeah. and then forgot about it. So it may come up in a, a another <laughs> episode, another year in review for 2018 episode called Best beer experience in 2018 <laughs> yeah we'll it was just that. a fun night and the food was very yes. good unexpectedly super delicious oh yeah for the fir- their first night they knocked it out of the park my number eight and i'm doing a in real time switch change oh, addition boy. here because okay. as i said my memory is Ooh. bad my All memory right. is bad and as you mentioned stuff, I'm actually going through my notes and adding stuff for future shows that I forgot about. <laughs> oh, my word. So but you have a new number eight. Will you also tell us your I, old number yeah, eight? Yeah, like I'm going to just combine them because it okay. works. I'll tell you why. Okay. My number eight is Tacos at Torchies in Austin. Okay. That was my original one. 
we eat a lot of tacos in Austin. The reason this is on this year is because Torchy's continues to just be very good. We mentioned that they have a lot of different options, which is great. And we did a really fun, funny thing this year. We went to Torchy's for lunch, and then we couldn't decide where to go for dinner, so we just went right back to Torchy's. Yeah, because I think we were leaving the next day, and I was like, listen, we've been here for a couple of days. We've had Torchy's one time. It's not enough for me. Yeah, so that, the okay, so that was my original number eight. Their tacos are awesome. But I forgot about a local taco joint, and this is oh in our tiny town outside of Philadelphia in Phoenixville. <laughs> and this is a place called Guatemalan Kitchen. You are hilarious. Which is has like two seats in it. It is a tiny little building, but they make the best, some of the best street tacos I've ever had in my life. And I don't, it's super simple. It's either, it's some sort of meat. And I usually get the chicken, sometimes the al pastor with just onions and cilantro. And that's it. I don't know what they do to it other than that, but it's fantastic. So I went about a month ago after eating a bunch of tacos in Austin and in Denver. And I went about a month ago and I got theirs. And I'm like, is this going to be as good as I remember? And it was as good, if not better than any of the tacos we had in Austin and Denver. So Wow. This tiny little place called Guatemalan Kitchen, their tacos are to die for, and they're three for seven dollars. It's just it's everything I like about a restaurant. So um yeah. Yeah, and you love your street tacos, just the simple like meat, onion, cilantro, which I like, but I definitely like the more, you know yeah, gourmet, gourmet, lots of different lots stuff. Of toppings. Yeah, like Torchies has yeah you know, all types of funky, cool, different tacos. Yeah. This is no frills right. at Guatemalan Kitchen. So fair that I put it in there. Yes, yes. If I, was gonna, I will allow it. All right. If I was going <laughs> to put it on my own list, it actually probably would be a little higher. Okay. But I figured it fits in because we're talking tacos. Sure. My number seven is another place in Philadelphia. We went here one night with a friend that um, we met in Japan when we were, were doing the jet program. And he came into Philly and we were in Fishtown. We we're like, where should we go for dinner? And we just happened to walk up to Kensington Quarters, which is a pretty popular restaurant. And it was a weeknight, so they were able to seat us. We had never been there before. And the food was exceptional. We got, they have, you know, it's like a butcher. So they have like a lot of different fresh meats. And we wanted to do the meat plate. Yeah. It's like $100. And they say it feeds at least four. But we <laughs> were all like, three of us. There's only three of us. Like, oh my God. Seemed gosh. a little heavy. So we got we a couple things. We just drank like four beers. Yeah. We got a couple things and we shared. And Trav got the burger, which was very good. Very good. But I think the star of the show was the fried chicken plate, which is what I got because it was so delicious. It ha it was fried chicken and it had like this sweet syrupy sauce um, that comes with it. It was just exceptional. It wasn't heavy. You know, it was, it was light. It was delicious. So... Yeah, I mean, you if you make good fried chicken and you make good burgers, yeah. you're going to have a good spot on our list and a yep. spot in our heart. I would agree that Kensington Quarters, that burger might be and we've only had it once so we got to go back and try it again to make sure it's up up to snuff although i i heard they're changing their menu um also on like the top 50 list of philly restaurants so we knew it was going to be good but their burger i think is my favorite one in philly at the moment so yeah. again we'll have to go back to check it out again but very 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 good burger yeah and that quarter. fried chicken was so delicious speaking of burgers 
my number seven, and this is funny that it's a burger because when I was out in Montana, we decided to go out to a nice meal with the whole group that went out on this Montana rafting trip with us and the the guy who put us up. Uh, we took his wife out too because she had been like basically dealing with six guys overtaking her house and watching three kids as we went off on an adventure. So we're like, where should, where can we take you guys out to dinner? That's nice. And we went to a place in Great Falls called Cattleman's Cut, and it's supposed to be a very good steak restaurant. Well, I went, and I didn't really want a steak. for I just wanted a burger. So a, everyone else got these, like, yeah, you know, they have 10,000 cuts of different steak. Everyone 10, else got- 10,000, wow. Yeah, not 10,000. But it's a steak. Yes. You know, it's a steak place in Montana, so you can imagine. They it's all about steak. It's it's funny. It's a bit kitschy when you walk in. There's like pictures of people in like rodeo beauty pageants on the wall, but they're known for their steak. I didn't want steak for whatever reason. I wanted to get a burger. Well, I made the right call because their black and blue burger at Cattleman's Cut in Great Falls is one of the best burgers I've ever had in my wow. life. And everyone who got the steak were like were like, Yeah, this was okay. But no yeah. one was that impressed with their steak, yeah. In- including our buddy Odor, who loves steak and was super excited. He was like, eh. This, like, I don't, yeah, he's a steak connoisseur. He's a steak connoisseur. He's like, this is okay, but it, it's certainly not like of a super high level. Yet my burger was one of the best burgers I ever had. <laughs> so right, the black and blue enough. burger at Cattleman's Cut. Did it have cut. anything to do with, you know, roughing it out on the river and no, then coming had, back had, and eating a good burger? We had been back for like two or okay, three days. Fair the, enough. The PTSD from that river experience had, <laughs> had started to wane a little bit, I think. Um, yeah, black and blue burger at Cattleman's Cut in Great Falls. I wouldn't assume that you'd make a trip out to Great Falls just for that. But, but if, if you're there. If you're there, go get a burger. Okay, my number six is again another one in Philly. <laughs> and this is an um, amazing restaurant that we went to with a group of friends called Helm. And they have two locations now. It's a BYOB. And it's more of that kind of gourmet, not necessarily small plates, but just very it's farm, to, it's farm, farm to, to table. table, seasonal menu again. Everything's cooked and made to order. It's it's always changing. So it's like as a blackboard menu. Yeah, it's not small plates, but they, they have like small appetizer plates and then entree, entree portions. Yeah. So they say, hey, you should get like one to two appetizers each, share all them, then everyone gets an entree. You know, one of those things where you sit back and you're like, all right, this is going to be 40 or 50 bucks at the end for each person, which is fine because it is a BYOB, which Pennsylvania and Philadelphia has a lot of, which is great. So you can bring your own alcohol, which cuts down on the cost. But we had heard about this place and it exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it was so good. We went with six people, three couples, and we all got a lot of food and just everybody, you know, had a bit of everything. All of the dishes were just so exceptional and very delicious and fresh, fresh, just like uh, unique things that you're just you're not making at home. Like, yes, we had great burgers at Kensington Quarter and at the place in Montana and whatever. But you can also make a burger on your grill pretty well. But you can't make these exceptional creative dishes that Especially you can get the at some of the stuff restaurants. That they're making, yeah. right? You know, they put together these veggies. And I'm like, I don't even know where I would find this vegetable, let alone be able to cook it this way. Yeah. So. so it's just really fun to experience very creative chefs at some of these great restaurants 
in Philadelphia. And, and I mean, other you are Philly centric, which I is great. Know, I know, mean, but we, I, we really did eat out a lot in Philly, which is exciting because we've been wanting to do that for so many years. Like we get Philadelphia magazine. We're here and we read a lot about the top places. And when you live in a big city, I mean, we're in one of the biggest cities in the U.S. We really should take advantage of the fantastic food scene right next the, door. The food scene is incredible in Philly. I forgot about half of these ones that you mentioned. Like, I <laughs> totally forgot about Helm, and yet you're right. If I had remembered, it probably would have been on my list. Mine is at, my next one is, at, is actually a Philly one as well. I have a feeling this might be on your list because you talked about it earlier when we first talked about doing our best meals thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, we did this right in the beginning of 2018. Yes, it's on and my list for this sure. This is a place called Zahav. Mm hmm. It is, when we talk about the best restaurant in Philly, you know, the numbers we've been giving you are Philly Magazine's latest rankings. But Zahav, if you asked people in the know, like, what's the best restaurant in Philly? This every year would be right at the top, if not ranked number one. It kind of even helped put Philly's restaurant scene on the map. This place called Zahav, and we went there for the first time. Since it's on your list, I won't talk too much about it. We'll okay. get into it. But um, that, yeah, it was a, it, I had very, very high expectations because it's super hard to get a reservation. And when we went, it exceeded my expectations. So that's when you know a restaurant is dang good. Yes, very much so. My number five is a restaurant that we went to in Florida. And I actually don't know the name of it, but I didn't want to ask you, Trev, before because then you would have known it was on my list. And it is the ceviche restaurant that we went to with our friends and with Tiffany, who is one of our team members and her husband, Chris. And I can't even remember, was it in Hollywood Beach or was it closer to Fort Lauderdale? It was in Hollywood Beach. And I I also was thinking about putting this on my list, but I don't remember what it was called as well. So, so that makes it a very <laughs> bad list if we don't know what it was if called. If we don't know, but Trav's going to try to look it up while I talk about it. When we were in Florida last January, we were on a ceviche kick because our friend John just loves ceviche. And Trav and I have had it before, but we haven't really had it I love that, ceviche. that many times. Well, since we had it in Florida, we are now obsessed with ceviche. We went to multiple restaurants first ceviche while we were in Florida but the one that we went to that night was just so good they had the best ceviche very authentic Peruvian restaurant and then when we had our because ceviche is an appetizer then when we had our entrees they were also very very good it was just a really fun night the restaurant was beautiful just a great atmosphere and the food was just exceptional and i cannot find what the name of it is so i am sorry guys i don't i can't pull it up i i know it wasn't we went to a place called panchamanca heather and i actually went to a place called panchamanca which was very good but that, that was, was in fort lauderdale and it was good but not as good as the other place no. that we had gone to so we will try to find that for you and get it in the show notes hey that's what happens when you can't <laughs> talk to the person beforehand because i also was thinking about putting on i'm like i don't even know how i'm gonna find this yeah um, i it, thought for sure Trav would know because he almost always re- once i remind him of these places he usually yes. has written a note somewhere about it or this just time remembers it. i this couldn't time find the note failed us. i failed us <gasps> that's right we'll I, find it i do know the name of my number five it's very easy to remember it's called the jerk truck in denver (laughs) i thought you might have this on the list this is a jerk chicken not just chicken but they have all types of caribbean food at this food truck 
right there in the Rhino District. I mean, I don't know if they're always right there, but outside all the breweries, you know, that, that strip of breweries in the Rhino, there they are. Um, we, the first night we got there for our Denver experience, our location in the Denver experience, we met up with a bunch of people. We drank a little bit. We went looking for food. I saw this jerk truck. I was thinking, okay, if I'm drinking, this is what I want to put in my stomach. Just awesome jerk chicken. (laughs) Is it going to be good? We got it. Fantastic. So good that I went back and I ordered two other times. You're right. I, so that's right. I ordered three times from the jerk truck. In, in one, one night. night. But, I mean, that was for you and me. And then Wit really liked it, too. So Yes, and the lady was <laughs> laughing, and she does catering. I, like, I said, if I ever do anything in Denver again, I want it catered. I want it catered by you. She's like, yeah, we the do it. The food so, was delicious. Search out the jerk truck in Denver. Get some stuff. I, get anything. Like, their platters are like 10, 12 bucks. You get a lot of food. Their fried plantains Fried were plantains are fantastic. It was awesome. I, I mean, it was one of the best food trucks I've ever been to in my life because... My problem with food trucks, not problem, I love them. I always, for some reason, think they're going to be amazing and sometimes they're just okay. The idea of a food truck to me means, oh, this is just going to be incredible. I, I don't know why. I think that more of a food truck versus a restaurant. <laughs> I don't know I don't why know either. either. But I think it's much easier to have a food truck than it is it a is, restaurant. I know, so. but I this one, this was the one like this was was a food truck that made all the food trucks worthwhile the jerk truck in denver after bringing it south to florida i'm gonna bring it back to philadelphia for my number four which trav had on his list earlier and that is soraya in fishtown this restaurant got a lot of hype when it first opened and one of our friends megan went for brunch and she was kind of like "Eh, you know it was okay so we were like Oh, maybe we go, maybe we don't go. And then then we happened to be in Fishtown and we decided to go. And let me tell you, I don't know <laughs> what Megan was talking about because it was amazing. First of all, the building and the decor inside is so beautiful. You walk in and it's first like a coffee shop and then you go back into the restaurant and then you go outside and they have all of this beautiful outside seating. It's literally as if you have walked into the Mediterranean. Like you feel like you are not in Philadelphia, but you've actually been transported to a beautiful Greek island or something. It's just so well done and so tasteful. And then to top it all off, you get some of their food and it's just exceptional Mediterranean food. I mean, yeah, it's some a, I guess it's technically a Lebanese, Lebanese restaurant. Yes. And you feel like you are in this amazing, yeah, Middle Eastern vibe right there in the middle of the city with that incredible courtyard. They even, one cool thing, I got to throw this out there to them. They have parking, which is very uncommon. So yeah. there's like a parking lot behind where I parked our car, which I thought we originally went because like, oh, we can just park here. We want to try it. And then you walk in through their back courtyard and you, you're like, I I. I feel like I'm back in the Middle East. That's yeah, how it's, well they've it's done it. It's so beautiful. So if you like design and architecture, you can just definitely go to Soraya because you will just have a wonderful experience just like looking around at all of their beautiful uh, decor and then to top it off, how good their food is. I mean, just exceptional food. I mean, honestly, it could have even been higher on my list maybe. I have Zahav on my list a little higher. 
which I think they're so similar in quality of food. And that price is similar. Price you're going to spend 25 to $40 a person, you know, if you're just eating normally, if you're, if you're going. Right. So both drinks, excellent restaurants. I, I do think that Soraya is more beautiful um, decor wise and it's bigger. So I think that it can accommodate more people. Whereas the Hav is so small and it's just really hard to get in that restaurant. You need reservations like so much in advance. But anyway, it's an it's an amazing space. It's probably one of my favorite places that we ate last year. And it is my number well, four. Well, of course it's one of your favorites. Yeah, your but four. yeah, it's my number four. But my, I guess it could be My been hope higher. is that it continues to be as good as it is. Usually restaurants kind of go one or two ways, right? They open with such publicity and hype because it's an amazing space and maybe they don't have their kitchen right or something that's working out and then they get better or they open to such hype and they you know bring out all the stops in the beginning and sometimes go downhill uh this one brought out all the stops in the beginning lived up to the hype it is now like we said in philly magazine's newest rating the number one restaurant in philly and so it's incredible i mean for someone to open up a spot that looks that amazing and has food that's that good and transports you from the city into a totally different atmosphere. Well, 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 well done there in at Soraya. So yeah, I'm excited I can't to go back. About it enough. Yeah. My number four is actually in Philly as well. So we're giving you a ton of Philly. This I went to at the very end of 2018, and it was by myself. One of the very few times I think that I went out by myself for a meal. But Heather, I was down the city, I was gonna stay over. And I went to a place in deep South Philly <laughs> that I read about in a magazine somewhere. It's not on any list other than this this one like you know honorable mention on this uh, list of this magazine. But I thought I want to walk. It's about forty five minutes from our house. Let me do it. Let me walk through South Philly. A place called La Mula Terca. I was the only person in the restaurant. It was like a Tuesday night, to be fair. And it is a Latin fusion restaurant. Speaking of ceviche, because now I'm addicted. You know, you don't expect to get amazing ceviche in South Philly. I got this $10 ceviche plate, shrimp ceviche. The shrimp were some of the biggest shrimp I have ever seen. Absolutely fantastic and filling. I could have just eaten that and been done, but I didn't know how big it was. And this is a problem when you go out on your own, right? Yeah, you don't have anyone to share You don't have with. anyone to share with. So I also got churrasco, which is like Argentinian uh, skirt steak. So I had a whole meal coming. So I ate this big portion of ceviche. I had this huge um, steak come out for me, and I, you know, it's not one of those, oh, this is only good because it was recent in my head. As soon as I took that bite, I thought, this is on my list. I, you know, whether it's, it was, had been 2019, the beginning of 2019, or uh, the end of 2018 like it was, it's one of those that sticks with you. This was some of the best steak I've ever had. So really good ceviche on top of then some of the best steak I've ever had. Super cool, like neat, nice ambiance. The waitress was super nice. It was a little awkward at first because I was the only one in there, but we just were chatting. She was very great. And it's a bit of a hidden gem. So La Mula Terca down in deep South Philly, my, very cool. my number four. Yeah, you love finding those hidden gems in places that other people don't know about as opposed to, you know, waiting an hour for brunch in Vancouver. Yeah, I... I <laughs> Give me my own restaurant to myself that I found out about, yeah, over than a, a, a crazy brunch spot. Well, another crazy brunch spot that is my number three is Simply Food, which is in Budapest. And it's down this 
adorable little cobblestone alley, you know, that you can only walk down. And it's a very tiny, tiny little restaurant. They have a few tables inside. They have a few tables outside. There was a bit of a wait here as well, but it wasn't bad because right across the cute little cobblestone street was Contact Coffee, which was probably my favorite coffee in Budapest. It was so delicious. So we got a coffee. We relaxed. We put our name in. And then we got the food at Simply Food. And that Cuban sandwich, which is, you know, an interesting thing yeah, to get Yeah, a Cuban in sandwich Budapest, in Budapest, right. But it was a very conceptual. Yeah, it was kinda. more like a French toast with Cuban ingredients and then like syrupy bananas on top. It was so delicious. I still dream about it. And the other meal that we got too, like the green. It was like green eggs and it wasn't green eggs and ham. Yeah, it was like green eggs and a breakfast meat, which you think, eh, kind of boring. It was also very good. Whatever the green sauce was yeah. that was homemade, I, I could have drank that yeah. green the, sauce. The food was just exceptional. It was very creative. It was delicious. You know, it was very like organic feeling. And again, you know, hip with the like beautiful plates and you know it's just it very was simple. your typical yes. upscale brunch spot yeah it was awesome. but it hit because the food was so good you're like i'm willing to pay extra or more yeah. than i might normally pay you know in budapest it's still yeah, it was cheap still by, pretty cheap i think by it was western standards under it was like ten dollars for each thing we got yeah so cheap by western standards but you know in budapest where everything's half the price but definitely a fancier meal out when you're talking about brunch. Yeah, and there were a lot of tourists there. Sure. But. <laughs> well worth it. Yeah. It's, awesome. It's very, very good. Foreshadowing. There will be a Cuban sandwich on my best meals of 2019 because already this year <laughs> we've had one that is the best Cuban sandwich I've ever had in my life. So stay with us for a whole nother year. And get to our best meals of 2019 list. And you know what? It's list. funny because in 2018, we went, were in Miami searching out the best Cubans and we had quite a few and none of them yeah, were that exceptional. Yeah, they were just okay. Meanwhile, in Budapest, we get this like desserty <laughs> Cuban sandwich, which is great. And on the outskirts of Philly, I find a Cuban sandwich that puts everything else I've had to shame. So that'll be coming up in 2019. I already, you know, a little bit of a spoiler alert there. I did find, also as Heather was talking, the name of the restaurant. So don't awesome. think we'll leave you hanging. I felt like, man, we're bad podcasters. We don't even know the name is. The name of the restaurant, the ceviche restaurant, Peruvian restaurant that we talked about in Hollywood Beach, Florida. It is called Runa's, R-U-N-A-S. I would never have remembered that. Me either, but I'm looking at the indoor pictures of it, and that is it. If you go, I'm now looking at pictures of their ceviche and their dishes, and I'm getting very, very oh, hungry. Oh, it was Mouth-watering. so good. Mouth-watering. It was really good. We had a great night there, and I feel like we also had some pretty good wine there, if I remember correctly. You probably did. You probably yeah, did. Yeah, so, so Runa's a great experience. Runa's Peruvian Cuisine in Hollywood Beach, Florida was the one that Heather mentioned earlier. My number three. All right, when we get to these top three, this was the hardest part of of deciding. You know, there's always kind of tears. I would say that actually La Mula Terca, which I mentioned right before, the top four were very hard for me to differentiate before between. Number three, because I have to give it numbers because that's the rules of this show, is, and I'm going to try to pronounce it and then I'm going to tell you what it is, is the Strapaxa, Strapaxa, the Hungarian what? dumplings with bacon and curded yu oh, cheese. Oh my goodness. At a place called Hadik in <laughs> District 11. In Budapest. That was very good and so unexpected. That is maybe why 
these top three were so unexpected for me. We went in Budapest. We went with a site called Offbeat Budapest. I took a lot of the recommendations. Great site. And I had a lot of things planned. That's how we find, found Simpla Food. That's how we found some of these great restaurants that we Mazel went to. Mazel Tov, which wasn't on my list, but was a very Mazel good Tov. Israeli restaurant that yeah. we went to. So this one, though, this place, Hadik, we just went to. It was a cute garden out cafe. We were walking around District well, 11. Actually, there was a place that, that Offbeat Budapest had recommended as a ruin pub or like something. next to it. But, we, but it, it looked like there was nobody in there. And it was a beautiful day. And there was this restaurant, Hadik, right on the corner with this beautiful outside seating i was like listen let's just go here instead and i think they sit outside i think they actually might be like the same restaurant or like sister restaurants the ruin pub inside and then the cafe outside but we sat outside and there was this thing on the menu that was just you know strapaksa and (laughs) it was hungarian dumplings and i guess it said it was like their specialty or whatever you know it's a local thing I thought, all right, bacon, curded, you cheese. This is going to be super heavy, but I want to get it. I got it. And the cool thing about it was it wasn't super heavy. We've had a similar type dishes as you go through Eastern Europe and Slovakia, and they're great. But, you know, it's like someone put a, you know, a bomb in your stomach. You're just <laughs> like, whoa, I can barely walk after this. This had all the flavor that you expected, but with somehow was lighter than it sounds dumplings with bacon and curdy yu cheese yeah. doesn't sound light it was lighter than it sounds and it was fantastic it and was also very good they also had really good uh sweet potato fries there that's true so anyway yeah totally unexpected and just a, 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 a random great place. night sitting outside with beautiful weather we had you know we shared a beer which there was this beer in Budapest that was pretty good. It was like a local yeah. brewery, and that's the first time we had it. I'm not going to butcher their language anymore by no. talking about that one. But. Anyway, it was, a, it was a very fun experience, and those dumplings were very good. Yeah, so unexpectedly good, and that is my number three, the Strapaksa, <laughs> which is definitely wrong in how to say it, but Hungarian dumplings with bacon and curdy yuchis at Hadik in District 11 of awesome. Budapest. My number two is Zahav because we did it the very beginning of the year. So when I thought about my list, I was like, okay, this definitely is going to make my list. We've been wanting to go for a while. We actually were able to make a reservation on Trav's birthday, which is January 3rd. And we called, I think, the day before, the morning of, and we asked if they had any spots. And like, yes, we have one spot available. And it was really late. It was like at 9 p.m. or something. Yeah. And Wit was still so little that we actually took Wit and he just slept in his car seat like next to me at the table the whole time we were there because it's a pretty nice restaurant that I wouldn't normally bring. Like Wit now at a year, over a year, would be no. a little more challenging it's a to bit take of a, there. It's not fancy, but people go out for nice nights. They plan reservations for months. Yeah. You don't want to ruin it by having a kid run around the Yeah, so it's not that they're not kid-friendly, but the ambiance isn't necessarily conducive to bringing a toddler. So Whip being still a newborn then was perfect. We were able to go in at 9 o'clock. He's definitely asleep. So we basically got to have a great dinner with our friends Courtney and Caleb for Trav's birthday with no babysitter because Whip was just with us. And the food just blew us away. It was so delicious. I had Modern Israeli. Yeah, I had one glass of wine, which was also delicious. They had a great wine list. And... Everything about it was just exceptional. Yeah, it's it's like sharing plates. You get stuff and you all share it. So we we tried almost 
not almost all the menu, but with, between four people, you could get a lot of the menu. And the Brussels sprouts were fantastic. That you know, then you kind of get different skewers. So we had the chicken. Um, there was a beef, like a type of beef, and they, and they change their menu up here and there too. Um, that was also fit. Like I don't know what my favorite part was because no, it, it, it was just a combination. So good, which is one of the ways I like to eat, and one of the things I like about Israeli cuisine is you're usually getting bits and bobs of each thing, and you're not really saying, "Oh, this is my favorite part." You're just as a whole sensory experience, it's all very good. I also like Zahav that. I mean, depending on how much you usually spend with eating out, this is a little on the pricey side for us, but not crazy expensive, is that they do have a $45 per person kind of tasting menu, which we, we essentially did on our own. Like when we when it came, the bill came was about 40 to $45 a person. But that's not that expensive when you're talking about one of, if not the best restaurant in Philly to go and spend and know, hey, I'm doing a price fix thing. It's 45 bucks. I'm going to get great food. Because some of the other best restaurants and upscale restaurants in Philly, one of them is $165 a person. So I like that it's it's pricey, yeah, but not exorbitant. you're not, not going to go all the time, but it's definitely an attainable place to go, especially for a special occasion. If you're visiting Philly, you know, it could be one of your nice meals out. If you're visiting Philly, it should be it should be on the list, like one of the first places you try to get into if possible. You'd agree with that? That or Soraya. Yeah, or both. Well, both. Or both. Just do both. If yeah, you have two the, nights. is a different atmosphere because it's in Old City, whereas Soraya is in Fishtown. So Fishtown is like, you know, super hip. And as I mentioned, like the restaurant of Soraya is just absolutely gorgeous. Sahav is beautiful too, but it's very small and has like... Intimate. A, a, intimate, has a big bar. Um, it's a bit fancier and it's a bit because of where it is in Old City and Society Hill. It's... It's a little more upscale, and I don't want to say just for older people, but it is a little more grown up. Where Soraya is more young and fresh yeah, because of where it's located in the city, which yeah, is and just the town, vibes the are a little bit different, which is so cool because you know we're from Philadelphia area, so we know the neighborhoods a lot, and we have a lot of Airbnbs in Philly, so we know the neighborhoods very intimately because we have properties there. It's just really fun to kind of see the different neighborhoods, the vibes there that even goes into the eating experiences as well. Agreed. My number two is something that my good buddy, Napkins, who if you're a listener to this podcast, you may have heard him before. Hashtag love napkins. Everyone does <laughs> love napkins. He reminded me of this. And I have I have to thank him because this would not have been on my list and it would have been a travesty because oh it's goodness. now my number two. Get out. And could be my number one. It it, it was oh, that I, good I of an experience. A, okay, is it the breakfast that you guys had? No. Oh. Oh. You, oh, you waited like an hour for this breakfast. Okay. On your on well, your road trip. Well, that could be coming up. <laughs> oh, sorry. There's only okay. one more spot. No, I actually remembered the breakfast, and that'll be my number one. Really? But my number two wow. was also on this road trip. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with it, I took a road trip from Great Falls, Montana, back to Philadelphia in a 1989. Chevy G20 van that made it that napkins and I drove across the country and slept in for 10 days. Great experience. Eating, you know, we weren't really going to fancy places. Like the eating experience wasn't that great, except it is my top two of the year. And you must not be talking about the peanut butter and jellies that you made almost every day. I am. Eight sitting in the back of the van. I am talking about that. You are my number two meal. No, it is not. Is it peanut butter and jelly? Is the peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) 
ridiculous. That we made. You are so ridiculous. In Cody, <laughs> Wyoming. This was day two on the road. We had wow. survived our first day going through Yellowstone. We pull into the quaint little Disneyfied, Disneyfied town, western town of Cody, Wyoming, which is great though because it's it's cool. And we pull in. I park Bessie right up next to this ice cream shop, and we pull, we open the back doors, and there we are sitting on the bed of our Chevy G twenty conversion van. Second day on the road, the back doors open, looking back across town and up into the mountains of Wyoming, eating. One of my favorite meals, a peanut butter and jelly. And I just thought, this is exactly what I want out of travel. I want to be able, I've (laughs) always wanted to roll up, you know, like here we are in an urban, you know, it's not urban, but a town environment. You think of Wyoming, I'm going to be out, you know, camping, it's going to be wild. But here we are in this cute little town. I'm self-contained in my van. I've got everything I need. I've got some white bread, some strawberry jelly, some peanut butter, and we both sat there and ate peanut butter and jellies as we looked out at the town and the mountains, and people walked by and gave us like high fives and just knew we were an adventure, and we were, and it was, that's what I want, and that's the best peanut butter and jelly I've ever had. A movie. I have a very important question. What kind of peanut butter were you using? It was crunchy. Crunchy. I used, I am a convert. Jif or Skippy? Uh, it was Jif, I believe. So you didn't even buy like the generic brand you went for? No, I, I knew we were going to be eating a lot of peanut butter and jelly, so, <laughs> so I didn't skip class. on it. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, it was, I probably Smuckers, I'm not exactly sure, <laughs> Smuckers, but it was strawberry jelly, I know that, and it was crunchy peanut butter because, I, the reason I know that, is that I used to be a creamy guy growing up. Oh and at goodness. some point, I switched you to being a crunchy a guy, and I don't know what, when or where, but. <laughs> Gotta have the crunch. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly. This was your number two? I also put potato chips inside to give it more crunch, which sure. I love. Sure. So sure. Why wouldn't that is you? My, it, Why it wouldn't you? Was, we're talking about best meals and best meal experiences, and I can't All think right. of anything better than that, than being on an adventure in a van that you've wanted to buy for 25 plus years, well, I guess 20 years since I could drive, eating one of my favorite meals, peanut butter and jelly, and having not a care in the world. Oh my gosh. Wit is a lucky young boy to have a father like you, which he can someday go on adventures with and eat peanut butter and jellies because he loves peanut butter and jelly. I'm a simple man yeah. when it all this boils down to it. I can't believe that's your number two. My number one, while it is not a homemade peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it is some very delicious, authentic, homemade Spanish food. We... We're in Majorca for about 10 days, and a lot of those days were spent on a family resort eating family resort-style meals, which the food was actually pretty good, but the experience was well below what I wanted yeah. my experience Think 300 families with probably 600 kids running around screaming, dropping plates, and buffet-style. Yeah. Not exactly what you want for 10 days in a row. So a few times we ventured outside of the resort, and... The um the town of Alcudia was about a 10-minute drive, but the port of Alcudia was a little bit closer, and you could actually walk along the beach and go to the port, which we, if I had known sooner, I probably would have done this, because this was on day like seven or eight. We finally figured out that you we, could walk. Yeah, we thought we were in the, the port, port, and we're like, this sucks, but yeah. then we realized there was a nicer part of the port, yes. and it was like a 30-minute walk. Yeah, away. it was a little far, but you're just walking along the beach. It's beautiful. So 
finally on day seven or eight, we walk. It's just Trav and Wit and I, Jason and, and Ellie had already left to go back to Norway. And we walked to the port of Alcudia and we're like, well, where are we going to go to dinner? You know, there's tons of restaurants and, you know, some of them look good. Some of them look terrible. Some of some them look touristy. Some of them look authentic. You, you don't it's, know. It's just, it was hard to find a spot. Well, then we're just walking through the port and there's, you know, some old streets, very beautiful little, streets. little, little city. And we happen upon this place that looks very busy and is half indoor, half outdoor. And the food just looks good. And it just seems like a nice family restaurant. Like there's I at lots of Spanish people there. You know, it wasn't just all tourists. So we're like, Hey, why don't we just, you know, see if we can find a table. It was very busy. See if we can find a table and sit here. So, we we talk with a, a server or, or somebody and they seat us and we just get what happens is we just get the best food that we had the entire yes. time it was like we were in it was like Mallorca. Oh, like this oh my gosh you've spent six days in the crappy part of alcudia <laughs> with fish and chip shops and eating buffet dinners yeah at a family resort and now you're actually getting real like authentic real spanish food and you know we had wine and it was not expensive i mean i don't know how much we ended up spending but i was definitely under 50 dollars and we got tons of stuff we got wine because wine is cheap. It's delicious. Such good wine. I think it's like two euros a glass. So awesome. And the and the reason why this is such a good experience is because when you're in Europe and especially Spain, people eat later and they take their kids out. So we have Wit there. He's sitting in a high chair. You know, he's being good. He's usually pretty good when we go out to eat. But even if he, you know, throws something on the floor, does whatever, nobody cares because everybody's just out with their families all the time. And the weather was beautiful. You know, of course, it's summer. So you're sitting outside and you're drinking wine. You're having olives. And you're having bread with aioli and this amazing tomato toast, which I forget the name of it now. And we got fried calamari and grilled calamari. And, and just, little baby squids. Oh, it like, was so delicious. You, know, you like the rings. Yeah. Like the calamari rings. I like the little baby squids that are fried, like the whole ones. I forget. What, what are they called? Not chicharrones. Those are pork rinds. Like <laughs> I pork don't belly, know. But, I don't know what they're called. But it was just such an amazing experience, especially coming off the vibe of a family resort, which is fun and convenient and easy, but it's not usually how we travel and... We love finding great restaurants and just like meeting people and like the servers were super friendly with us and just very accommodating. And the food was just delicious. It was kind of like that experience we had when we went to Blavis in Barcelona where you're just getting delicious, authentic and this was even more Mayorkan than it was Spanish because right. like the tomato toast is a Mayorkan dish and like we had olives from Mallorca and the wine was I also I also think the wine was from Mallorca. It was just awesome. The night was beautiful. We walked along the beach. Then we put Wynn in the stroller and we walked back to the resort and he fell asleep in the stroller. It was just idyllic and wonderful and beautiful. And the food and is it was not still eating, something I dream about. It was not eating a buffet dinner with 600 screaming yeah. kids on a family resort. It. Uh, you're right. Had I thought of that, well, you never gave him the name of the restaurant. Oh yeah, so sorry. I have. To. I mean, we had we already missed one the name of one of the restaurants. Yes, and I don't speak Spanish, but I believe the restaurant is called Con Punyete. Punyetes. Punyetes. Con Punyetes. Like C A apostrophe N, which I think is Con Punyetes, and it's right on the corner in the port of Alcudia. 
on the island of Mallorca in the country of Spain. <laughs> and it was fantastic. And had I remembered that, yeah, that was an incredible meal, especially because it was the first time you know, when you're in a country, and, and we don't usually go to family resorts, as Heather mentioned, but when you're in a country and you've, you've spent all your time on a resort or kind of cooped up in one area, it's good for what it is, but actually getting out of that and breaking that bubble was, it kind of brought us back to our roots and said, all right, we're exploring a little bit again, and we found this amazing place with amazing food, which is great. Yeah. Talk about exploring. My number one, which you already you, you kind of foreshadowed, you mentioned here, was when we were out exploring on our road trip. This was the last day that we were going to be on our road trip. And we were driving through Ohio and we were driving through Sandusky, Ohio, and we we're super hungry. And we thought, all right, this we're still a good seven or eight hours from home from Philadelphia, but we got to stop and get something to eat. Let's pull off. Let's try to find a local like I wanted like a local diner, right? Because in in that part of Ohio, just like coming through parts of some parts of Pennsylvania, there's a lot of Amish Mennonite communities. You're thinking, "All right, I can get some really good home cooking mm-hmm. here." And that's what we found. I just got on Yelp and I put in breakfast spot or whatever, and this place called Bates Farm Kitchen came up. And we went and it was in this strip mall and I thought, "All right, this is exactly what I'm looking for." We went in. It was it was packed. It was. It's new, and it took us twenty minutes to order and an hour to get our food, which normally you would be pissed about. And I, I, but we were on this trip, and especially we knew we had to get home, but we also knew this was going to be one of our last chances to get a good meal. So we we're like, this is a little weird because there's only maybe fifteen people in this restaurant. What is taking so long? But it's just bare bones restaurant. When the food came out. I got a breakfast burrito, um, and napkins got some sort of huevos rancheros thing uh, combination. Both were some of the best food that I've ever had in my life. And everyone there, like there were people who came in and they said, hey, it's going to be an hour wait, and they left. And other people who were locals, and again, I think it only opened a couple months before, who had been there, literally would walk up and be like, oh, I don't care. It's worth the wait. Wow. And you just think, all right. So Bates Farm Kitchen... Make sure you have a lot of time. Make sure you have a lot of time, but it was a a quintessential little home cooked, you know, again, had a menu that was on like handwritten. So Mm -hmm. they had 12 breakfast items and then a few sandwiches because they they did lunch as well. Um, It took us a while, but when the food came out, it was some of the best food I've ever had. And that's hard to do with... You know, with breakfast stuff, we talked about brunching and we like that type of food, but it's hard to make something unequivocally better than the other breakfast burritos you've had. And somehow they did it. This was unequivocally better. And it was like eight bucks filled me up for the entire eight hours home for the drive (laughs) to Philadelphia. So Bates Farm Kitchen in Sandusky, Ohio, just completely blew away my expectations and was an awesome last meal on a road trip. Awesome. Yeah. So there you have it. Wow. That's our 20 best meals. And we were going from like a a strip mall, (laughs) homemade country kitchen in Sandusky, Ohio, peanut butter and jelly, all the way up to like- The best restaurants in Philadelphia. Yeah, the best restaurants in Philly, some some really great restaurants in Budapest, a jerk chicken truck in Denver. (laughs) I mean- Yeah, it it runs the whole gamut of um, gastronomy- it really, it really does. And what we're going to do, so guys, there you have it. That's our best meals. I want to hear from you because what was really cool about last year 
is we had in 2017 we had the same best meal Blavis in Barcelona yeah so and good. both of you you know we don't talk about those ahead of time we didn't know it was going to be the best meal for both of us although we kind of had an inkling because we knew we loved it when we went there but a lot of you have taken us up on that and gone to Blavis and written us and tweeted us and told us that you've been to Blavis and that you loved it and that was fantastic so let us know if you if you take us up on any of these if you find yourself at Bates uh, family kitchen in Sandusky, Ohio. If you come to Philly, try this out. Let us know because we love hearing from you. And then also tweet us and let us know what your best meals of 2018 were because we're always on the lookout for good meals and we are more than willing to travel for food. I oh, think we should yeah. just wear a shirt around that says like, we'll travel far distances for good food <laughs> because both of us, and now we have a third wheel, Wit. That dude loves to crush food, especially yeah, guacamole. So let us know as you come, uh, as you think of your best meals of 2018, what what were they? Tweet us at Pack of Peanuts. Let us know on Instagram at Pack of Peanuts, at Heather Sherry, your best meals of 2018. We want to hear those because I know that you're sitting there salivating over what we just talked about and thinking about some of your best meals and, and those experiences. So let us know what those are. Please, please, please reach out to us via social media and do that. Don't forget, we also have four more, four, yeah, it's four more episodes coming out of our year in review. Those are going to be coming out over the next couple of weeks. Part four, Heth, our best wine and coffee. You're all prepped up to do that. I definitely am. We're going to do our best beer experiences of 2018. We're going to do our best desserts of 2018, which is always a super fun one. And I uh, just made my list earlier today and very hungry now that we've talked about food and dinners and now desserts. And then we're going to wrap it up with our best experiences of 2018 as well. So you'll be able to find all those on our podcast feed. However you listen to this, those will be coming out over the next couple of weeks. Don't forget, we talked about a lot of food here. If you listen and you think, what, what was that? You know, I, I want to figure out what restaurant they were talking about. We'll link everything. We'll do all the hard work, link everything up in the show notes. You can get that extra pack of peanuts.com slash shows. All that's linked up there in the show notes. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for continued support. Thank you for reaching out to us via Twitter, via Instagram. That's always super fun. And again, let us know your best meals. Especially reach out to us this episode because we'll travel far distances for good food. <laughs> right. Thank you for your continued support. As always, it makes us the number one rated travel podcast on Apple Podcasts. And until next time. Happy free travels. I'll show you Paris In the U.S., there are 61,269 pizzerias. Crazy.